The opinions expressed by the host of the show are his and his only, but we do hope you agree with those. And remember, past performance does not guarantee future results. We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy Explanation. Welcome to episode 18 of the Hobby Quick Hits podcast. I'm John Newman. Today's show is going to be all about card shows. And I know they're slowly starting to pick up again, but as we all know, during the pandemic, uh, many were canceled. The National itself was moved. But if you know anything about my history, you know card shows are near and dear to me i went to my first one as a consumer believe it or not a little bit late compared to a lot of kids who maybe go sooner but 12 years old was my first one that i attended uh i worked for a dealer friend of mine at the age of 14 and at the age of 15 i set up as a dealer with a sales tax number Uh, At my very first show, it was a three-day show, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I made about $1,500 over the course of the three days. That was in 1987. Uh, So that'll tell you that that $1,500 is probably more like $4,000, $5,000 maybe uh, today. I remember when my dad uh, came to pick me up. I was 15, so I couldn't legally drive. And he came to pick me up, helped me start Uh, loading the car up and and pack up for the day you know once we got in the car and and got moving he he said hey can well how'd you do what what you make and i told him you know close to fifteen hundred dollars and i i remember the look on his face he was shocked he didn't you know he knew he knows about cars but he didn't realize you could make that sort of money uh, especially in, in you know back in 1987 it's not the the error we know uh, now and so a little bit surprised uh, by that and and that was my first show definitely not my last Uh, I was hooked at that point you know you're 15 years old and you make that kind of money in three days and uh, uh, the rest is history I've set up at probably four to five hundred shows as a dealer myself and I've you know attended even as just a buyer and a consumer uh, hundreds uh, as well, not as a dealer. So uh, car shows are near and dear to me. It's where I really got my selling start in, in the hobby was that, that show at 15 years old. So, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, the pandemic, I, I know shows are starting up. You know, I, if you've heard me before, you might have heard me say I'm a, I'm a handshake, look you in the eye, talk to you, very social guy, especially Someone comes to my table, and uh, I'm a pretty outgoing guy. And, uh, you know, again, I'm a handshake guy. I just wonder, you know, when we get these shows really fully launched again, are we going to lose some of that personalization between seller and buyer? Is it going to be, you know, we're going to lose some of that? And, and, you know, I'm sure we will a little bit, but I hope it's not uh, a huge difference. I hope people... Don't shy away from shows. I hope people don't get scared to attend with with virus scares. I don't want to get sick. I can just buy it online at eBay 
or at an online website, uh, which I run myself. I have my own online website, on my own eBay and other platforms. But there's something about having a card in your hand that you're interested in purchasing uh, that can never be duplicated or replicated online or through eBay. And, and the bartering, you know, it's marked 50 bucks. Hey, you take 40 now, nah, how about we meet? I'll meet you halfway. Split the difference. 45. And that, that bartering, that hemming and hawing, that in-person uh, stuff. E even the other things I've done, and I'm not the only dealer to do this. I, I think dealers who are listening to the show uh, have done this very thing. You know, uh, a dad is there with his son or daughter, and you just reach in somewhere and, and get some free cards out and give it to them. And uh, makes the kids' day impresses the the mom or dad um and you know and not just any card i mean i've even given a card out of a showcase uh to a a young man or a young uh a lady uh that you know made their day put that smile on their face and i love that about shows that 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 socialization, that back and forth, and, and the ability to, to do something like that makes your day, too. Makes you feel good. And I hope card shows don't... I know we're not going to not have card shows, but I just hope we still have as many and they're as close to as what they were before the pandemic uh, as they are, you know, will be when they start back up. And... Uh, to me, they, I just love the, the card show. Uh, you know, I used to travel the Northeast uh, around the states here, New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. I even did a, a few in Ohio. And just meeting different people, seeing new collectors uh, coming in the hobby. You know, someone comes to your table. Yeah, you know, I started this year. I love that. You know, I, I, I give them a business card. I don't even care if they buy something or not. You got any questions? Give me a call, a text, an email, a message. I'll, I'll, I'll answer any questions you have. And, and shows are, are, are such an important part of this hobby, especially now that we have less stores. Brick and mortars are nowhere near uh, the amount uh, that we used to have, including myself. I had one from 92 and 96. And uh, I hope we don't lose that aspect i love even when i'm not set up folks i love going to them and walking around and buying some stuff and you know obviously here locally i know some of these guys if i'm not doing that show which normally i'm doing it but even walking around as a dealer you know my son usually does the show with me and he'll he'll watch the table and i'll go around and mingle and chit chat with all the the group of dealers that I know and and whatnot and the, you know traveling and it's it's just a fun camaraderie type of thing and I hope you know they haven't started back up here in Syracuse uh, yet we don't have a, a lot of shows to begin with we usually have two big ones here at the at the fairgrounds uh, but that's really it then you got to go a little further either west or east Albany Rochester. And those sort of things. You can go downstate, uh, White Plains, as we know, the East Coast National. And, and New York City has its share of shows. My hometown, by the way. And so, I, I hope when they come back, we don't lose some of that mystique around them. Some of that card show magic, that uh, I'll call it that. At least to me, I feel sort of nostalgic 
when I think about card shows. What it's meant to me and my life in, in the hobby. I got my start really in the hobby at card shows. Again, as first as an employee and then as my own boss at, at 15 years old. And to tell you the truth, you know, I think back to that show at age 15. If I didn't do well, let's say I didn't make that money I, I, I made that three days. Let's say it wasn't very good, a couple hundred bucks and a lot of hours. And maybe that 15-year-old me says, you know what? Getting out of the hobby, you know, I'm not doing this again but uh, that show set the tone for the rest of my hobby life if you will and here we are 33 years later and you know i'm doing these shows i'm doing the podcast i'm I've got an online website grading i mean yada 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 and um you know it's all it's a whole different world as far as the hobby goes and that's that's another show in itself and um so I'm going to, you know, just kind of to come down to the, the last stage of the show, uh, talking about card shows, is is card show etiquette. You know, things that I've observed in 30-something years of attending and setting up at shows. I'm a, a price guy. Uh, I like to price all my stuff, literally everything. Has a, I have a price gun, a Mito price gun, and so I usually price everything out and that way no one really has to ask hey how much is that can i see that how much well they can ask to see it but how much is that it's price now someone can haggle with you or offer you less i i understand all that but i know i take that from my experience and i don't know how you feel i'd love to hear your feedback on this topic but when i walk around as a consumer i like my stuff priced um, I don't like to always add, not that I'm really shy anymore when I was younger, I was, but I don't always like to ask, hey, you know, how much is that trout, how about, how much is that Yellick, which is that Barry Sanders, that's unmarked, and because I, I always, I, and I'm not saying I'm right, but I always feel like if something's unpriced, someone's high priced, and I know that's, you know, it's the old, like, online, when you ask somebody how much you want for, and they say PM me or DM me. That's usually a sign that they're probably looking for a lot of money and maybe over over what it really should be asked for. Although, you know, like the, like the saying goes, and it's their card, they can ask for anything they want. But I always feel when you don't have your cards priced out, um, they might be high. Or, um, you know, you don't have some standard pricing. In other words, when I priced everything in my showcases, everything in my shoe boxes and monster boxes, no one has to feel like, oh, he's going to give his buddy or there's one price for one person and one price for another. Now, truth be told, if someone I come up to my table that I know real well or has been a really good customer in the past, chances are I'm probably going to give that person more of a deal uh, than someone that I don't know. That's just how it goes. I mean, a lot of people do that. And uh, there's been times where if I know a a person real well and they say hey i'll take that and it's marked 25 bucks and they're going to buy it for 25 bucks i might even just say hey give me 20 bucks we're, we're we're good with that and uh oh thanks man i really appreciate that uh and and but you know it's at least priced and you don't have to all oh, the other things you don't always have to answer answer the question how much is that how much is that how much is that how much is that not that i might don't not that i mind but it just allows more time for other kinds of conversations, more social ones than just answering how uh, pricing is. 
Now, I got to be honest with you. I haven't done a show now, doing some math. and It's been probably a good six months, maybe a little bit longer since I did my last show. I converted all my stuff from top loaders over to semi-rigids. And a lot of those, I took pictures of all my inventory and I took all the pricing off. So right now, I'd probably say a good 60 to 75% of my stuff is now unpriced with, with price tags as they were before. And if I did a show to tomorrow, let's say, hypothetically, I'd probably go against what I normally do, my own kind of rule. And so I'd probably set up at a show with only the stuff that's my, my what I call my player boxes. I have uh, baseball, football, basketball, a little hockey. They're all players in alphabetical order and soft sleeves and all those cards are priced. But my showcase cards, my graded stuff, um, you know, any of that, you know, usually 10, 20 and on up to the three or four digit numbered cards uh, right now are not priced. And so if I was doing the show rather quickly here uh, with the amount of time these podcast takes and my, my real jobs and if I set up at a show anytime in the next few weeks, I would literally probably anything in my showcases uh, would be uh, unpriced, unmarked, not have stickers on them with prices on it. It would be someone would have to ask, what are you looking to get for that? And I'd have to answer them. And generally not how I, I operate on the business side of, of my shows, um, but uh, just due to converting over to semi-ridges and, and taking pictures. I didn't want prices in the pictures. Uh, I put all new soft sleeves on. And so uh, now, uh, uh, you know, 60, 70% of my inventory now is again unpriced. And then, you know, I thought, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought about reversing my own policy and not pricing my stuff. You know, the market can be volatile. Uh, things change by the day. It's a pain in the butt to go back and reprice, lower something, raise something. By not pricing it, um, you, you, you're, you can be as fluid as the market and change. You know, there's no price. So when someone asks you, you just kind of gauge what you know is going on or what they're going for. Creates less work, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a lazy man's kind of dream. You don't have to price nothing. Just put your cards out and let people ask. But my fear always with not pricing stuff is that someone's not going to ask. I know when I was younger and I was walking through shows as a, as a buyer, not as a, a dealer at that, at that show, if someone didn't price something, I sometimes tended not to, to really ask and just keep walking. And so I kind of inflect my own personal actions on what other people must do too. So it's why I've always priced my stuff. But I'm not going to lie, I have really toyed with the idea of, of not pricing my stuff and just setting it up, putting it out there. But I was always afraid someone may not ask. Now, I, I try to do a, a great job of, of not so much being a salesman, but someone comes up to your table, hey, how are you doing? Is there if, anything in particular you're looking for? You know, see, gauge what they say. No, nah, I'm just looking, I'm browsing, and leave it at that. Or, yeah, I'm look, I'm putting this 53 top set together you have any singles and 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 that but i always try to introduce you know open up some line of of communication when someone uh comes up to the table show them that i'm there to help them if need be some people like that i i, I know sometimes i'll do the hey how are you doing 
I'm not even trying to be a salesman, but I think they take it like I'm trying to sell, upsell, upsell, upsell. And sometimes they may walk walk away sometimes a little faster than than I anticipated. So you, you, you sometimes have to judge people. I hate to say it like that. But, hey, I'll, I'll be friendly with this person or this person looks like he doesn't really want a lot of that small talk. Just let him or her look and, uh, you know, if they need me, uh, they'll let me know. And you, you do shows long enough, you sign, you get better at that uh, as you go along. But, uh, you know, card shows are, are wonderful. Uh, there's something I'll always be probably involved in one side of the table or the other. And I hope we don't, you know, card store, you know, when we think about card stores, they sort of went way down compared to the heyday. And I just hope, card shows there are a lot less than there used to be. That's that's a fact. But I just hope that number doesn't even dwindle down anymore. I think they have a great place in this hobby. There's something to be said about personal interaction, having a card in your hands, even, as you're, even if you're buying as a dealer from a, a collector who's selling to you and vice versa as a dealer to a collector or a hobbyist you know having that card in in your hands not having to worry about man i hope uh, that picture i saw on ebay or that selling platform matches what i get when i open this bubble mailer up that's in my mailbox having that card live in your hand that that can't be replicated or duplicated and shows also you know you say well you can go to a card store right but card store is one entity right the card show you have 50 60 maybe even up to a hundred card stores in a sense in one building and there's a there's a mystique and allure to that and i hope we don't have less opportunities to to enjoy that and partake in it so that's that's the show for today we're going to wrap it up uh we're going to close the doors to the card show uh make your last purchases as you exit we appreciate you coming we appreciate you listening if you like the show we hope you do please leave a great review on any platform you're listening to the show and we'll see you next time take care and be well